All right. Well, so this is this is take two of what we tried to do earlier this morning until my internet gave out. Fuck you, Spectrum. <laughs> Had to wait all day without the internet, and it, it is incredibly crippling to be all day without the internet. You can't you can't even play your your music on your computer. You have data. Yeah. It's not you don't have data. Come on. Well, yeah, but I can only use it on my phone. I can't yeah. play it on my on my computer or anything. And um, oh, well, thankfully I was able to get some work done because of that but yeah, anyway good. uh we had just kind of gotten started on our pod but then um at the postpone it uh have you guys any had like any, uh personal revelations in the last 10 hours or so that we should talk about <laughs> no not really i spent all, all day playing a world war ii shooter game with my buddies and like drinking beer outside so wait wait which yeah, one that sounds good man yeah wait, which one uh it's kind of enlisted it's like a bit of an indie that's, that's kind of a, a retro genre. Remember, there was a whole wave where every, every shooter was like a World War II shooter. Then, and um, I think people realized there's only so many uh, M1 Garands and MP40s you can shoot before <laughs> it's all the same. But I'm a Molson guy myself. We always play the Soviets. Uh, it's always fun to fuck up the fascists. So you know, mm-hmm. that was my day because my foot was fucked up, so I couldn't go out for too oh, long. Oh yeah, uh, Philip's turf toe, which uh, he regaled us about in, in the now lost, forever lost <laughs> <laughs> to history. I got a tweaked toe too, man. That's why I knew your toe was jacked. <laughs> yeah, because because anytime someone's like, "Oh, I got a little injury, but I'm fucked," it's like, "Oh, it's your toe." This yeah, is a fucking foot fetish pod. What is what's going on here? No, you don't understand, man. Like so much weight and power goes through the toe. I know. <laughs> and, when it, and when you can't put weight on it, you just realize that you have no rhythm. You can't walk. The mighty toe. And yeah, down it's crazy how the human being. It's like. It comes down to the toe, man. You don't have the toe. <laughs> if you lose, if you lose your big toe, you might as well have just like lost your whole foot, right? Because you probably that's can't right, keep yeah, balance. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, they should just take the foot off and give you a fake foot. Yeah, <laughs> go go peg leg. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, no, Captain Hook didn't have a peg leg. Anyway, all right. Um, we should probably get started on this episode. Escape from Plan A. Hey, welcome everyone. Another episode of Escape from Plan A for you. This is Chris with Teen and Philip. What's up, Trio? What's up? And I think this is the first time in a long time, if not for the first time ever. I, I don't know. We've done so many episodes now, I can't remember. But I don't know if it's ever been just the three of us, but I'm very excited and honored uh, to be here. And we, yeah. we, got a, we got a curious episode for you uh, this week. Um, so what did we want to talk about? I think we wanted to talk about this... Um, this tweet from the Asia Society, right? Uh, about do we want to start off with that or do we? Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Fresh in my mind. Well, well, we'll start with the heavy hitters. Okay. So the Asia Society uh, tweets out this. Uh, I think it was on like thirty second clip of an interview with what's her name again? She's the she's the one of the co founders of Stop API Hate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I should have had this name handy. Yeah. So it was like I saw it. It was like you know. Someone someone retweeted it because they were pretty pissed off about it. And then I watched it and it was like, you know, immediately it was like this Asian. I think she's an Asian American studies professor from UCLA. Kulkarni Manju is her name. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kulkarni Manju. And she's it's an Asia Society tweet. Asia Society is like it, it's just like a it's it's basically like a social group on the is it on the Upper East Side? I think and, I've been there once to yeah. um it was one of those like uh Asian American like speaker series kind of thing 
I had yeah. such low expectations. I was actually quite entertained by the event. I thought some of the speakers were really nice. But I, I've been to that building. Uh, I'm convinced of the CIA front. It's in that whole area, yeah. you know, <laughs> where all the embassies and the UN. It's that part yeah. of Midtown. Wait, um, they own a building. Ave. They own a building park just for the society. Like it's not like a building they like you know used for a yeah, it's, it's like Holy why shit. would why would like an asia society building be in like the kind of like the old money part of town it's very suspicious okay i think it's a very like neoliberal thing where it's a kind of pro-trade it's like a blandly pro-trade you know like let's get along and make money together mm. you know mm. let's 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 uh meet each other at the level of we're all rich <laughs> and uh anyway so they tweeted this thing out and it was like this professor kolkarni who I've never heard of before. And she's got this just really irritating sort of detached. I think it's, it's not so much the sound of her voice. It's just the detachment with which they speak, meaning like they don't mm-hmm. care about what they're saying. Yeah. You know what? Like, like say what you will about like BLM and their scandals recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would highly suggest if people want to find out what's been going on, go to the champagne sharks, YouTube page. Uh, our friend, uh, T he, he, he fucking de- deserves a Pulitzer. He has, put in like almost 10 hours worth of live Did he do streams. like a four hour long stream? Yeah, or and that was stream? only part long one. Stream. <laughs> yeah, you were like, this is what's the, t- what's the TL, you know, DW on that? Like what, what made you tell us it was, no, it, I mean, it, you, you have very high, you know, did you, watch you the have whole a thing? very high regard for what he did. So what, but I don't have that time. So why do, but I'm not going to. No, he, he just went through like literally all the receipts, like, you know, how they wow, spent okay. their money and just all the interviews they gave and who's connected to whom. And, you and, mean wow. BLM? Uh, yeah. So after um, that Patrice Kalur's thing and yeah. it turned out she was buying houses with it and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of like why it's a problem because it, it's, I, I think they're trying to frame it as, oh, you're saying that, you know, black people or especially black women can't be rich. Like, no, we don't have a problem with that. The problem is, you're getting rich off of activism that you don't even seem to be doing. That's the problem. If you were just, say, an entrepreneur, then God bless, you know, do do well. We were happy for you. But anyway, so uh, given all that, at least BLM seems like they kind of care. You can kind of see the emotion. But yeah, with this like stop Asian hate thing, a lot of times it, it's, it just seems so she was, academic. It was just, and It's just so irresponsible. She was like, this is an Asian American studies professor. She, I mean, she starts off. We should play the clip. We have significant levels of anti-blackness in our community. And and actually, um, Toni Morrison spoke about this years ago in the 1990s in uh, a piece she wrote on immigration, which is that sadly, immigrants come to the United States often and understand right away the racial hierarchy that we have in our nation. And so they know that if they want upward mobility, if they want economic security, they need to align themselves with whites, essentially. And so you see a lot of that sort of white adjacency in our community or or efforts um, to strive toward white adjacency. And so what happens then is there is Um, You know, building on what happens in mainstream media and social media, this effort to target African-American, African-Americans as perpetrators. And I will tell you that, you know, while we don't collect ethnic specific data on perpetrators from reading the 6600 plus incidents, we know that it is a very small minority that um, are African-American. And in fact, 
when we look at these broader types of um, discrimination, right, the ones that involve civil rights violations, of course, we know that those are institutional actors, uh, heads of businesses, et cetera, um, you know, and that these are the folks who often, because of positions of power that they are in, are actually white. So I know our data is also um, verified by studies done by University of Michigan and others to show that, in fact, uh, this is not something that is uh, most common from African-American perpetrators, but quite the opposite. So if you notice, like she opens up by just but just basically being like, yeah, we're just totally anti-black like Asian people. And like uh, she quotes a black author doesn't quote any Asian people. And then she's like, and then, uh, you know, what Toni Morrison said, yeah, a lot of immigrants show up and they, you know, immediately learn what the racial hierarchy in America is. And so they choose to be white adjacent. And I'm like, hmm. you know, no, you're see, you're fucking like a professor at UCLA. You're being <laughs> tweeted by Asia society and you're droning on like a detached white person. Like the only white adjacent Asian here is fucking you. It's you. It's you, it's your kind of people, and you're just projecting this shit onto immigrants. And and they keep doing this shit. And I don't know, I don't even think, like you said, like, I'm not even sure that she gives one shit about what she's saying. Other than she knows that this is the appropriate thing to say mm. in the current political moment where you go along to get along. Because honestly, it's very... It's dangerous out there. It's very divisive. There's, people have to they have to put their neck out to say something that is at all, um, you know, deviating from one uh, entrenched and highly contentious, you know, political group, political movement. And so she's I think she's just blandly throwing in with like almost like limp wristed throwing in with like BLM. And I'm like, what's the point of this? It, this is just for you. This is literally just for you. Who do you think she's directing that at? Like when she says that, she's directing that the, at the social media. So just it's like, just, she's, it's, so she's it's just a, branding. She's, she's kind of pronouncing it to the world outside of like the Asian American community that, hey, we are complicit in white supremacy, yada yada. Does she talk about the violence that's been going on at all? Like, because you might, you might as well like, if you want to get inducted into the lodge, you got to say a couple things. You know, like nobody really believes yeah. it. Like yeah. that's what this shit is. It's like. You know, it's it's lazy. It's fucking lazy. And of course, if you dig into the nitty gritty of it, it's always like projecting something that they are onto immigrants. They're always like, fuck. you know, Ella used to do this. He's always like, you know, the problem is the immigrants and they don't speak English and they don't want to learn the history of America. So I got to go in and tell them, you know, the history of black people in America. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I'm so tired of this. It's just yeah. so irritating. Yeah. Uh, before I get into that, I, I also want to point out that, you know, all the love to my like South Asian brothers and sisters. But like if, if we're talking about stop Asian hate as this particular rise uh, against basically chinky looking people because of primarily COVID, but also things like xenophobia, it, it, it's very odd. It, it'd be like putting... Uh, a Chinese American person as one of the co-founders of like uh, a, a movement that was stop supposed to stop Islamophobia, like you know during mm -hmm. during the, mm -hmm. the nadir of like uh, 9/11 and Iraq War hate against like Muslim uh, appearing people. And a little over a week ago, I read this article. There, there's this new, uh, I guess, kind of like publication on Medium now called Stop Asian Hate, 
And one of the first things, if not the first thing they publish is this thing, uh, who counts as Asian and what counts as anti-Asian hate. And, and it's the same like tired old uh, clown crew that they always trot out when they have to prove that uh, you know, Asians are like the most racist demographic. Um, uh, why, why, like, telling um, Asian students that their personalities are rotten is actually just all that. Uh, that it's that crowd. They wrote this article. It was all about how uh, South Asians are being underrepresented in the Stop Asian Hate movement. And I, I was just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, we only call it Stop. Okay, so they they would say like, "Oh, Asian includes you know also South Asians in, in the most." you know nerdy dictionary sense yes but the the spirit behind stop asian hate is what i just said this crime against basically chinese looking people uh, for those uh aforementioned reasons we only say stop asian hate because we're not allowed to say stop oriental hate or stop yellow hate for you know various reasons mm-hmm. it, it's just so stupid and you know why why is it would be just as offensive uh and wrong i think if, if like someone like me were to assume some kind of leadership in in like an anti-Islamophobia movement. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That This is not the, uh, targeted at people like me. And this movement is not some pan-Asian anti-hate movement. It's specifically directed at people who look a certain way. So, yeah. I mean, there's that uh, to get out of the way. With, with that said, I think a, you know, quote-unquote East Asian could be in her position and we could imagine someone like that saying the exact same thing that she's saying. Like it's not like we haven't heard that. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. That's a sad reality. That's a sad reality. Yeah. You know. Great point. It's just it's just you're saying it's weird that she's brown, right? That's what you're saying. Oh, I think what's going on is there's this. I forgot there was an article I saw. I think it was in the New York Times or something or Wall Street Journal about how all the Asian American like bankers at Goldman Sachs are like super pissed off about this. And you know, we've had friends in the Discord tell us about how a lot of like, um, you know big time corporations like the Asian American, uh, you know, senior employees and stuff are Mm -hmm. putting together these events and they're, they're, they're super mad. And, you know, they're, they're, they're making a move. They're making a move. And they're saying like, look, we, we want Asian Americans to speak up at the office. We want Asian Americans to be counted and we want to participate and we want to address the bamboo ceiling. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. All right. But what the fuck does that have to do with people getting beat up on the street and killed? Like, what is your career path? I'm not saying that Asians, you know, don't face fucking bamboo ceiling shit, okay? But I'm saying like these 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 bankers are and and tech managers or whatever. They see this the news about you know people getting stabbed and beaten in the street, and their immediate reaction is we need to use this to address the bamboo ceiling. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. So I think what what's going on is I think that in a way. What's what's happening, the, the way Asian Americans have been put in the spotlight as a victim gives Asian people, especially the professionals in white dominated corporations, a chance to be an underrepresented victimized minority and use that attention to say, now's our time to have, you know, the Asian employee network. Now's our time to have, you know... We are part of the diversity movement, too. We need to address the lack of Asians in senior management. We need to do this. And I think that's why you see, oh, you know, Desi Americans are underrepresented in the Stop Asian Hate movement because it's not about stopping Asian hate. It's about uh, fucking employee, uh, you know, advocacy. So so what are both of you guys are saying, like every, every you know, sub-Asian American group out there is 
basically being opportunistic and using this to their benefit and for whatever Asian related cause they they care about, right? Yes. And maybe this is a good way to bring up Jerry Yang's what one point one billion dollar fund, the TAAF. Oh, I, I am fund. not looking forward to how that money will be utterly wasted. I don't even know what it's about. Like I, he got a bunch of so Jerry Yang, the ex uh, founder and CEO of Yahoo, um, got a bunch of other rich Asians, I guess, across around the world, maybe um, to put put a huge fund together totaling a billion US. What are they doing with it? I don't really understand what the point of it is. I mean, I think it is money that is going to be used to, you know, build the scaffolding for an Asian American elite in America. So like funding each other's businesses, getting into each other's like, you know, yeah, just, I mean, just building, uh, you know, because I think the problem for Asians has been like, you know, we don't help each other and, you know, we get to the top or, or we get to the, these, these, you know, rarefied, places in 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 you know in industry and in mm-hmm. academia and stuff but for the longest time asian americans avoided each other like the plague <laughs> and now you know and it's true but i think like and I, this is why i'm not like necessarily you know cynical about what yang is doing i think jerry yang probably is saying like look this has been a problem and we have so many asian folks in you know pipe doing so much work and you know they're they're, you know, we, we're everywhere, you know, like we are embedded into the very fabric of the elite in America, but we don't come together. And they're probably seeing this moment with all of this uh, attention, all of these attention to, you know, being the victim of violence. Yeah. And everyone feels like to watch a, 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 a someone's grandmother getting beat like that hits every person real hard because you see your own grandmother getting beat when mm-hmm. you see that. So I think they're saying, like, this is our chance to finally get over this mutual disdain or disregard we have for each other, finally come together for once. But, but it's still opportunism together. for their own cause, right? It's not yeah, it's like an elite, th- I think it's an only, elite thing. Not only that, but it's also making sure that the dirty uh, Asian mob, like what they call the fobs, the, the poor Asians, that they don't stink up the joint with their... Um, problematic yeah. views and all that because like with with blm um oh, and, I, and also when i say blm i don't mean like that like say the protests in general i'm talking very specifically yeah, yeah. about the yeah. delaware corporation that mm-hmm. is uh right now facing a lot of scrutiny for squandering like over a hundred million dollars probably uh what is their primary purpose like yes they have the like what uh our friend t calls the talent talentless tenth jobs fair that I think is more of a secondary benefit. Their primary benefit is make sure that those unruly black mobs don't go burning down too many police stations, don't go around demanding uh, stuff like you know like real reparations or anything that could actually scare uh, the rest of America, especially powerful white people. It's to take power away from them. And uh, the side benefit is all the, the the media class, the professional class, get their promotions, get their you know the, all the things that that will help their careers. And I think the the exact same thing would stop Asian hate. Like, yes, it's going to give like all the, the media Asians and all the, the white collar Asians a chance to finally coalesce as a, you know, respected minority group. But I think its primary function is to make sure that this does not galvanize uh, all those, you know, like the WeChat Asian types into, I don't know, um, finally, uh, getting together and pushing back against, um, you know, all for example, like the the school test stuff, which is ultimately about social mobility. It is the the Asian Americans who have made it 
trying to keep down the Asian Americans who are trying to get there. That's what education represents. It, it's not it's not about learning and whatever. It's about social mobility and it's about who gets to have it and who, you know which Asian Americans have already gotten there. So I think that's what that's what this is ultimately about. Um, th- you know, the, the jobs fair thing is a big bonus, but I think the main thing is, oh, oh no, this can actually really you know see as teen as you said, seeing a grandma or grandpa uh, getting beat up will really. Um, just energize Asians like never before. We gotta make sure that energy is not channeled in a in a way that inconveniences the elite Asian American class. Wait, but ex- explain to me like well, this isn't a conspiracy, right? You're saying this is what they're trying to maybe do behind the scenes or with their their efforts that they're putting out there, like raising this money, you know, like kicking up a kicking up dust about Asian anti blackness, all that stuff. But h- how does that come together, right? Like, what is Jerry Yang doing with this money, or is it just the fact that like everyone's doing stuff to eat up? the space so that you know poor immigrant asians don't get too much attention or like our other issues that scare white people to get too much attention like what are you saying exactly chris about the well, see, like, here so like jerry i honestly don't know how plugged he is into this i mean he could just be i mean like if you're if you have that much money you're probably so disconnected from life I, i'm sure somebody reached out to him and said hey uh bad shit's happening to asians um we got these like you know fairly well-known asian americans trying to do something sure uh, and then he's probably going to want to do something he'll he'll just uh sign over even like if he gives like a billion dollars probably like a fraction of his real net worth so what does he care right uh so i don't really know how much he knows but i mean you just look at stuff that's being said by these people i mean i think atlanta made it like, you know, before Atlanta, everyone was really cagey. We saw the bullshit on NBC Asian America. Like, come on, guys, let's not call this hate crimes. We don't really know what if race has to do with it. Then Asia, uh, then Atlanta happens and everything lines up. The The perpetrator is this uh, disgusting looking white guy that can be labeled an incel whom, you know, nobody likes. All the victims were uh, Asian American. Oh, not all the victims, but um, all the Asian American victims were Asian, they were female, they were like, you know, uh, working class, mm-hmm. uh, every, you know, it, we could all sympathize with them very easily. And then, you know, for like a week or two, uh, uh, we had to, you know, everyone uh, became united. And then, um, but w- what did that really result in? Like, how many bullshit articles did you have to read about? Uh, you know, my teacher always got me mistaken with the other Asian, you know, girl in class. You know, like I never heard one article from an actual like massage parlor worker. I did not see any of that. And then after that wore off, um, we didn't really see a repeat of Atlanta. A lot of times these attacks just happen on the street level. I think a lot of times the attackers are like, there are other minorities. I think they're often homeless, like mentally ill. It, it's not as easy as blaming the the white incel with the scraggly beard. And then now, now you see the the kind of you know uh, pre-Atlanta mindset coming in, like, hey, you know what? Let's uh, maybe this is just the cost of living in America. You know that mindset. Yeah, I mean, it's just people rushing in to fucking be the face of what's going on. You know, mm. like every they, I want to be the face of the victims. I want to, I want to be the one that controls. Uh, you know, what it is that we as Asian people say, which is why I don't have a problem pushing back against this shit because it's like, you don't speak for me. And and, and when they do talk, it's all full of shit. Like, they don't, ha- they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, Kimmy Yam, okay? This is NBC Asian America. Two, these are two headlines. She wrote these. The first is before Atlanta. This is when most of the attacks were happening in San Francisco and New York City. And, you know, we knew the troubling pattern was that most of the time, the attackers were non-white, either, you know, Hispanic or black. Violence against Asian Americans and why hate crime should be used carefully. Social media posts have conflated violence against people who are Asian American 
with hate crimes against the community at large, tying the crimes to pandemic racism. I mean, you can't be any more straightforward than that. People, Asian people on social media are conflating violence against people who happen to be Asian with hate crimes against the community at large. And we are trying to tie those crimes to pandemic racism. That's the, that's the headline. Now, Atlanta happens. And this is what she writes. Racism, sexism must be considered in Atlanta case involving killing of six Asian women, experts say. While police said the suspect denied having racial motivations, experts and activists alike say it's nearly impossible to divorce race from the discourse, given the historical fetishization of Asian women. So it's nearly impossible to divorce race from the discourse Except for your last fucking headline where you, that's exactly what you were doing. Like, I don't understand what, I mean, I do understand, but I'm saying like, I don't understand how she doesn't see that these are completely at odds with each other. And that the most obvious fucking thing, the difference is the race of the assailant, which means you don't care about the victim. You don't give a shit about the victims. You want to speak for the victims, but the only thing that you're focused on is the optics of the crime and whether it fits your idea of what it is and is not a hate crime against Asian Americans based on what you think is going to fly with your peers. What is going to make you popular within broader social justice movements? What's going to get you the next promotion from HuffPo to NBC to, ooh, I wonder where she goes next. This is fucking bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. This is trash. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because you know we've spoken to her before, and you know I I know it must be total bullshit working at a place like NBC Asian America or HuffPo. So you know I want to believe you know you can only you know last time we spoke to her she was at HuffPo. Yes, you can only use that excuse so many times where I'm like, look, this is trash. Now I don't think someone made her write this shit. Honestly, I don't think you could just put this to NBC. I don't think NBC knows or is even sensitive to this issue. I think these are Asian American activists going out knowing what is knowing what will be popular amongst their social peers. And they know that Asian Americans are useful allies when we downplay the racial aspect of things when it's a non-white, especially a black assailant, and you know, go crazy when it's a white assailant. And I mean it's just crazy how in all of these cases where in uh, whether the Chesa Bowden or or say here in New York, where uh, you know, where v- Cy Vance is that his name? Like, you know, they they're kind of on the fence about whether to bring whether they found a racial motivation in a, in a, in an attack in the city that involved a black assailant. Okay, and then you got all these. Uh, look, I'm not a big hate crime. Ad- I'm not I'm not out there saying you should press hate. I'm, I'm not a big fan of hate crime. Uh, statutes in the first place. I think it's a jurisdictional issue that largely is maybe irrelevant now, but. Okay, fine. You got this hate crime thing. Fine. And they want to say like, oh, in this case, you know, it's these WeChat, you know, MAGA Chinese people that are pushing for hate crime, even though the victims aren't even Chinese. But it's all these like, you know, right wing Asians that don't they're immigrants. And so they don't know they're too socially dumb and blind to understand the sensitivity of what's going on. So they're just going to go out and push for hate crimes and be all pro law enforcement. And they're going to be on the side of white supremacy and all this shit. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Pro cop or pro law enforcement. Atlanta happens. It's in a red state. You've got 
a white incel, you know, just looking like a fucking, you know, poster boy for, you know, our incels or whatever. Okay. Suddenly it's like, oh, the cops aren't doing enough. The cops are making excuses for him. The the, the they, DA they bring... stomped him on the spot. Yeah, you should. Yeah, the, the 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 fucking DA is like, oh, uh, uh, try to waffle, and they're not going to bring hate crime charges. The federal government needs to get involved, and then, and then of course, experts and activists alike say it's nearly impossible to divorce race from the discourse. Give me a fucking break. I mean, like seriously, like this is so off the charts, self contradictory that it's embarrassing. It's it's literally fucking embarrassing that these people don't see this. Yeah, and, and like Teen, like you said, it's not like we like hate crime legislation. It's not like we like uh, DAs pressing a lot of charges. It's not like we want police to be more violent. What just really pisses me off is these people, these like elite Asian Americans, basically using other Asian Americans as bargaining chips, and you can see the calculation going on in their heads every time. Uh, you know, they, they waffle. They're not consistent. And it's like, you can see where they think, okay, this amount of violence uh, against my own supposed community, and I think this all exposes, they don't really think of them as their community. They, they have to identify with them because that's what everyone else imposes on them. You know, you will be seen as Asian. Nobody will really distinguish between like first gen and second gen, except, you know, amongst ourselves. Um, so, you know, they feel like an obligation to, to identify with the community. But, you know, like if you really felt for these people getting attacked, your first priority will be protect them. I, I, I would rather err on the side of doing too much to protect them than doing too little. And time and time again, well, they err on the side of doing too little. Well, yeah. Why would you open up uh, an address at the Asia Society to go on social media as a professor of Asian American studies at UCLA, knowing that there's a crime wave against Asian Americans? Why would you open up and focus entirely on there's a lot of anti-blackness in the Asian community? Okay, let's... I'm not even saying that that's not true. I'm just saying, what the fuck relevance does that have to what's going on right now? You see do, what I'm saying? Do you guys think what this, relevance does that have? Do you guys think this kind of behavior is actually unique to Asian Americans and not to other non-white groups or even white groups? Um, in- I think every group feels this. I, I you know, whenever I, I see like some uh, like people, like black people who are upset at BLM, they often say, you know, BLM cares too much about, say, LGBTQ. They care too much about, like, Latino immigration. So I think there is this sentiment that all these, like, kind of white liberal fronted and supported uh, activist groups are really trying to um, just divert attention and power away from pretty much, like, the grassroots uh, community of those respected, respective you're saying uh, they're they're, they're taking they're taking a, a point of leadership for the community and they're spreading themselves thin on purpose. Yes, to exactly, dilute, on purpose to dilute. Okay, to dilute yeah. the uh, I think, uh, like kind of problematic slash annoying slash it, it doesn't serve the the interests of the elite class of that minority group. So if you're like Asian American teen, you said something about. How um, you know those like uh, unwashed Asian masses are insensitive to a bunch of things? That is actually true. They are totally insensitive to the to the social concerns of the type of Asian American who uh, you know uh, cavorts around the Upper East Side or, or Williamsburg or Tribeca. That crowd, uh, it is very inconvenient for them. The the opinions of the WeChat Asians, they don't give a fuck about how these people feel. But but and at the same time, they straw man the shit out of them though. Well, you exactly. see what I'm they that's, always that's, flatten these people into like they don't speak English, so they're stupid. What the fuck? The fuck are you talking about? I mean, literally, you are Asian. Do you not understand? Like people, can, people think in other languages. What the fuck are you talking about? Like they literally think they're just these literate fucking you know 
people who just climbed out like it's an eight you know what it's like fucking second generation asian americans buying into white stereotypes about their own fucking parents and be you know like yeah. people like it's andrew yang fucking saying like oh my dad grew up in a peanut farm like in and slept on in asia it, like that's the that's the image that he wants to project of his own father who was a fucking phd in computer science and worked at ibm oh, or shit. whatever i didn't know that yeah I mean, see, you know, see what I'm saying? Like they like to simplify and and dumbify the Asian immigrant. <laughs> Great word. Because it gives it gives white people this sense of like, you know, you you educated us. You are you let us in and allowed us to be civilized, you know? And we buy into that shit because, you know, the second gen is so fucking full of itself with the, especially these the liberal activists who where are you getting this from? Like where are you getting this shit from? Like, okay, Here's another example that really pissed me off recently. Sorry. Like, you know, what's funny was this morning was a very, we were talking about like BTS. (laughs) It was a very different tone. But I I thought, yeah, you said, was I thinking, I was thinking about this shit today. Okay. So recently the, 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 uh, Biden signed into law, uh, a remarkably bipartisan anti-Asian hate crime bill. Mm -hmm. It was called the COVID-19 hate crime bill. And it's a piece of shit. And you know it because it passed the Senate 94 to one. What passes the Senate 94 to one? Nothing. And that's exactly what this was. It was nothing. The law, it fits on like two pages or three pages. You're saying okay. it's a piece of shit because it does nothing. It does nothing. Yeah. And, you know, you get statues coming out of Congress that are literally like 2,500 pages long. This was three pages long. And that's mostly preamble. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> what did it do? It said they have to nominate someone at the DOJ to, to sort of like put all the hate crimes that are reported to them against Asians into a spreadsheet, basically. <laughs> Number one. Number two, after a, within a certain period of time, the Department of Justice has to issue volu- uh, voluntary guidelines that will give states some guidance as to how to deal with hate crimes. That's it. That's all it is. Hey, hey, Nothing. Remember that Biden executive order on combating Asian American hate that was like one page long and it was just like, yeah. uh, you know, law enforcement should use best guy, uh, best practices. I bet this was just like uh, a earlier draft. They were like, yeah, let, let's just <laughs> let's just get yeah. the uh, earlier word version and let's just print it out. Okay, yeah. but 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 the Asian American activist groups are going to say, well, anything that could give no, any no. ammunition at all would be a problem because we don't want to support. Law enforcement, ACAB, all that stuff. Well, see, stuff, here's right? the so- thing, because there were Asian Americans. See, this is this is how they're going to get in in a bit of um, they're going to find themselves a little. And, I, and I'm looking forward to this. Is you get the Maisie Hironos and the and the and the Judy Chews and stuff who are liberal. They're they sort of very liberal oriented people, right? Um, but they have Asian constituents, right? So they sponsored and they pushed this bill of nothing. Right. Which just gave the Congress and gave the U.S. in general a sort of PR win without mm-hmm. having to do anything. They don't have to commit any money. They don't have to spend any money. Wait, wait, they if, even say, uh, if I may interject, it was yeah. this empty and even like Josh Hawley could not even vote for this nothing. That's that's <laughs> fuck yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah. He's a piece of shit. But isn't he like a product of Yale or some shit? Yeah. Anyway, so so uh, here's the thing. Seventy five. They, they reported seventy five. And this is reported reappropriate, of course. 75 Asian American LGBTQ uh, activist groups signed on on to a petition saying that they were against this bill, saying that, you know, uh, relying on law enforcement does not help prevent uh, uh, violence against Asians. And you know this because of the uh, experience of trans people 
and some anti-trans bills and stuff. And they said that they this is a typical example of how Asian Americans are white adjacent and they want to rely on law enforcement and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, I read the bill. There's literally nothing in here that's pro-law enforcement because there's nothing in this thing. There's nothing in here that either expands any money. It doesn't spend any money. It doesn't expand any power. It doesn't expand any like anything for any law enforcement group anywhere. And nor does it expand the definition of hate crime. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. So what are you opposed to? Why would you what are you so worried about? that 75 groups would sign on to this petition to oppose an anti-Asian hate crime bill. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, why are you going so out of your way to oppose something that's just because it's nominally there to help Asian Americans? Why? There's Because there's literally nothing in there so of substance. But y'all didn't even read the fucking bill. This is just like knee-jerk. Oh, fuck it. Nope. Pro, pro-law enforcement. Pro-law enforcement. And it is part of this tendency i think on the left to be it's a holier than thou thing it's i'm truly on this is why i don't ever try to call myself the leftist or any shit like that because it's always a a, an attempt to be more left than the next person more woke than the next person and it's like you're so woke but you didn't even read the fucking bill you don't even know what you're talking about you're opposing nothing you know know, just forget about political ideology it's pure marketing it's like why does pepsi market why did they market itself as like the the edgy like new next generation remember that marketing campaign when hey, yeah. you taste exactly the fucking same as coca-cola same you maybe a same little shit. sweeter uh but you gotta differentiate yourself somehow so um i would love it if these uh you know those 75 groups first of all i don't even i don't even know if they're like 75 groups i don't know how many of those are just like twitter handles of, of you know self-proclaimed activists but i would love it if if somebody actually gave them the reins to power and be like okay uh even, even though this bill does nothing, um, I think they want to project this bill as being this like draconian, uh, like the, the SS is going to march uh, down the street and, and you know, snuff out all, all like crime and any kind of <laughs> whatever. But OK, uh, uh, okay, let's say the bill was that. Um, but now the bill is nixed and you get power. Please implement your solutions. Uh, go ahead. We'll give you five years. Go ahead. Because I think they operate with the safety knowing that these bills will pass. They will never have to actually carry out whatever. Because you ever talk to these people and they're, you know, what's the solution? They'll be like, well, we need cross-racial dialogue. We need community, community watch. But remember, they hate the rooftop Koreans. You know, they, they hate that kind of mentality. So it's like, who's going to, who's going to police your communities? You're fucking like PhDs, uh, you know, like, yeah. uh, like the China Max are going to want to patrol these streets. That's going to probably cause it. But, but that's, but that's exactly it. Like they don't give a shit who polices <laughs> the community, right? Because they're, they're not the ones, they're not in the community. They're not the ones affected. They're not the ones calling 911. They're not the ones getting their stores robbed and shit. No. They lived in like, they, they, they live in neighborhoods that are well policed, are well protected and are not going to get this shit. Yeah, that's why I, I think uh, if I were to white people for God's if I were like sake. president, I would a, a, anybody who like signs those types of letters and stuff switch places with like the poorest Asians in like Chinatown and you know Jackson Heights or or you know Flushing wherever, and then um I, I think that would solve uh, everything. Those if you know if if like the, the granny who lives in a Chinatown gets to live in uh, some you know college town in New England, she'll probably be safer. And uh, no, oh, they'll probably call it. They'll, I mean, if they could Freaky Friday into that situation for like, you know, a month, they would call it authentic and then write a whole fucking piece about it. <laughs> oh no! But like, 
Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like, look, I don't give a shit what they say. Honestly, like, I don't, because to me, it's meaningless. Like, what they do is meaningless. But I think my problem is when they start strawmanning immigrants uh, and saying, like, it's the non, you know, it's the people who don't really speak English that are the problem because, like, we can't civilize them. Like, we can't teach them how to be, like, proper liberals. So, you know, they're going to turn into these ethno nationalist, proto fascist, MAGA supporting, you know, whatever. And it's like, the reason I fear that is because not only is that unfair and unrealistic, but it actually, I think, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy after a while. And I think Jay Caspian Kang had, had, had hinted at this. And, I, and, I, and there was an article in the New York Times by someone, a non-Asian, who wrote about the sort of like sudden political awakening of Asian Americans. Apparently, like the turnout and the engagement, political engagement of Asian Americans has spiked. I mean, it's very high. That... We may, we, we may, maybe that does come true, but I think it's going to be the result of this kind of shit that pushes people that way. You know, honestly, I don't think it's the, it's because the right wing is so attractive or anything like that. It's because liberal, liberal people are so fucking full of shit that they're literally driving people away. The, the right wing may not be very attractive, but they're definitely very aware of this because you watch Andy No tweet about this kind of stuff. He's constantly trying to draw in Asian Americans yes. on issues like this because he's very aware yeah, this is, this even Wes Yang, you know, has been has oh, yeah. been a much better cr- critic about this stuff than anyone on the All fucking right. left. Yeah, uh, let's get the Wes Yang in 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 a moment. But I, I want to say this: I think this, but I don't think the if you're like uh, if you try if you're the happy Asian American trying to make your name and your brand, I think this is exactly what you want to happen because the the kind of like more right wing Asians get the more important you become. You become the counterbalance. You become um, yes, that's right. And and I think. I don't know if they're conscious of it or not. I, I'll give them credit. Maybe they're not conscious of it, but it serves their interest to have this um, visible Asian force that is now rising in the right. Because then suddenly they're no longer just the, oh, hey, include me too, me too. You're not that gal or, or guy anymore. You're actually now, oh, we, we got to bring in, uh, for the Asian perspective, given all these uh, uh, psychotic Chinese or whatever who are now all gung ho for for like the next Trump or whatever, uh, and so I think uh, whether they realize it or not, this actually serves their interest, which is you know just to make a name for themselves and make themselves relevant. Yeah, it does serve their interests, and I think that it's a pattern that's been happening with white America, and you know the result is that they're going to lose because there's more of the, there's more of quote those people out there. Yeah, but they'll get some book deals and they'll get some Netflix shows, yeah, they'll get some But they're going to they're going to tank society because of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Be, they, okay, they Asian Americans are a pretty small group. I understand. But we're not small either. I mean, like I mean we're not tiny. Like 20 million people. And also, this is happening in the larger society. Like this is our sort of like you know, version of the, this is our own interpretation of the pattern. But this is what led to Trump. This is, you know, it's it is it is the it is the way that they muffle the real material concerns of people and to say no, this is the only right way to think about it is this. And if you don't support this, you're obviously racist. If you don't support Harvard's admissions policy, you're obviously racist. And oh, and that Kolkarni person I think uh, is part of the you know the whole Asians for affirmative action thing, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing Wes and, Young tweeted uh, yeah. that said that stop Asian hate or stop AAPI hate. I don't know what the what the correct term is to use, uh, but 
they one of their big backers is was it the Chinese Americans for Affirmative Action um, or or some some group like that. So as it, I think this is. I think the the fear of of a group like that is oh no this could be a political awakening for Asian Americans and one of the things they will uh, rally around is this blatantly racist um, policy of just saying yeah uh, Asian rich poor uh, whether you're uh, like like Japanese royalty I, I know Japan doesn't have royalty but whether you're like Japanese royalty or the poorest of the poor uh, Hmong you're all Asian uh, we gotta keep you out. Uh, oh no! What if they rally around that? That's that's gonna be very inconvenient for us, you know, at our our like to get political funding or even just to like <laughs> maintain friendships. Um, so uh, we gotta get ahead of this problem. We're gonna uh, put ourselves at the front of the stop Asian hate, and every chance we get, we're gonna talk up uh, talk up Asian anti blackness, which, as you said. It's a legit issue. Yeah, let, let's talk about it sometime. But why are we talking about it now when... Hey, what the fuck does it yeah. have to do with this? What 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 part of... What, you know, when it, when it comes to these hate crimes or whatever the fuck you want to call them, you don't want to call them hate crimes, fine, whatever. Attacks on Asian people. I don't give a shit. It is what it is. Were any of these sparked by, you know, an Asian person saying anti-black slurs? Was it started by... Is this like a repeat of, you know, what is this? Does it is is Asian anti-blackness relevant to the issue? It's not. Is the identity of immigrants relative to second generation or third generation Asian Americans relevant? It's not because that has nothing to do with who's getting attacked. So, Professor Kolkarni, why the fuck are you talking about both of those issues when it comes to stop Asian hate? Why why are you focusing on two totally irrelevant fucking issues? Because you are, because we know why. Because you're, you, because you're advancing the idea that it is the liberal academic elite whose job it is to wash the unwashed masses of Asian immigrants and teach them. And so you need the resources to do that. Like it's, it couldn't be more obvious. And this is bullshit. This is the white savior shit, but done with, you know, Asian faces. This is some minstrel shit. I mean, this is bullshit. So I don't and, know. And, I think this is garbage. Yeah, oh, and hey, this, maybe, is, this is UCLA Asian American Studies. I mean, what? This is a waste of fucking taxpayer money. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe <laughs> maybe her the rest of her speech is great and just like taken out of context. But you know, the Asian side did decide to tweet this specific yeah. part out. So they must have thought this was this was a <laughs> this uh, is the most you know, important old. snippet apparently. Yeah. And we also no, have no no. It's same thing. There was another. There's another. Uh, I think she's also at UC. I forget which one. Um, she's East Asian and I heard her on a podcast with, uh, shit. I, I, it might have I, been I think I know Moore. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. The one who hawked her book, right? Yeah. Okay. It was the same <laughs> fucking thing. It was like this whole thing about like, you know, it was a little bit different, but it was like Asian Americans are, you know, often find themselves surrounded by a lot of white people and we're very white and we wonder about ourselves, whether we're more white or more black. And I have this theory, this fucking stupid theory about how that's, you know, at the heart of Asian American identity, our, our central, you know, identity issues really revolve around are we white or black? Because it's a, And I'm like, no, that's just you. You're just talking about yourself. All right. You're literally just talking so about yourself. Projection. You can, you can and it has nothing it. to do. What does that have to do? What is your identity confusion about whether you're more black or more white? You know, whether you're a urinal, urinal cake of shame or whatever. <laughs> what does that have to do? with the thing that prompted 
that oh it was a uh, slate political gabfest what did that what did that have to do with the event that actually uh sparked them inviting you onto their podcast their white podcast wasn't oh do you are you white or are you black no it was a video of a filipino woman in her 50s or 60s getting the living shit kicked out of her on 43rd street West 43rd Street. So what does that have to do with your fucking identity confusion about whether you're white or black? Why are you talking about this on Slate Political Gab Fest? They didn't even invite you on to talk about this. But what's interesting was the hosts were like, that is so fascinating. I've never <laughs> thought about it that way. Because, oh, well, please, they would love to get article it. article that comes out like every five yeah, months. White people love this shit. They love the fact that they're yellow people wondering if they're white. Because it makes them feel like it holds some relevance or answers to their own fucking identity issues or whatever. And suddenly it's cocktail chatter. It's just cocktail people, a cocktail party people talking about, am I white or black? And the woman who got the shit kicked out of her on West 43rd street, they're not talking about her anymore. Right? Mm -hmm. So what the, what was the point of all this shit? So we can listen to you all talk over shrimp cocktail. Like what the fuck? Yeah. It's so stupid. We keep doing, and these are Asian American studies professors. Mm. completely useless completely fucking useless yeah right? it, it's a it's very i mean it's upsetting to me because like you kind of want to wrench the the microphone out of their hands but we don't seem to have any any reasonable avenue to do that right and we got our own podcast and we can say fuck you to all of them you're idiots that's what useless. we do i mean the only thing you can do in this situation is to do like what the asian like the, the asian with attitudes folks are doing where they're actually going out and you know not worrying about this stuff and helping patrol the streets and you know hopefully stopping a crime or two right it, it's it's meanwhile this whole like cacophony of conversation about what it's like to be white or black or whatever is going on around us it, it, it maybe influences the way white people think about us right or you know where money gets directed and so on but it doesn't actually resolve anything you know but the, i don't know it's just very frustrating I, i'm not sure what what to take from <laughs> from the frustration like even if you recognize this this frustrating point like what do you do about it I dig in, I dig into the psychology of these people because honestly, like, you know, these are our peers, right? Like, let's face it. The three of us, like, we know these yeah. people. And have you noticed – okay, let me ask you guys this question. Have you noticed that these kinds of people, they they have a really – there's they just – there's an Asian-American voice. Like, they have – there's a way of speaking literally, like, how they sound where I, I just know – like what they're what they're gonna say. Like I know how they think. I know how, they, and it's like this weird detached, sort of emotionally. And Cole Carney is like full bore this, and it's like this. Yeah, it sanitizes it? academic, right? It's like it's got this. Yeah, kind it's of, just there's no feeling in it at all. It's just this like it's rehearsed, right? And it's it's, it's exactly why they they say these things on these like podcasts and talk shows and stuff is because it's like it, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not just rehearsed it's 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 edgeless there's no it's meant to totally not offend or harm or hurt anybody except for the straw man except for the asian american straw man that they're that they're completely selling out those people can go fuck off but they're just like yeah you know there's um asian americans are really there's there's just something it's a lot of anti-blackness in asian american communities and that has often been a problem and like that like this just really detached fucking like painkiller fucking 
you know, like they're on painkillers or something. It's extra ironic when they have that tone and they mention the, oh, the model minority myth at the same time, right? Yeah. Oh, God. It's so, it's so irritating. And I just, I just want it to just end. I know. <laughs> I just don't want to hear this shit anymore. Well, it's been decades. Uh, Jerry Yang's so. billion plus dollars has ensured it will probably not end. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I don't we, know. We gotta, See, we here's steal the thing. That money. Hey, let, let's, let's pull off a heist. Let's steal that money because that's just no, going to. Here, here, but here's the thing. I think there is a difference between the a Jerry Yang or an Andrew Yang or a Judy Chu, uh, people who, and I say Judy Chu because she has, or even like a a, a Mark, uh, Mar- what's her name, the, Margaret Chin? the one from New York, Margaret Chin. Yes, yeah. um, is that her name? Is that her name? Uh, anyway, uh, they have actual Asian constituents or Daniel Day Kim. Who, so, for example, like my company, uh, they had Dan, they hired Daniel Day Kim to come give an address to the Asian American employees. Wonder how much you got paid like, for that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they hadn't used some money for that, right? And I think the money is going towards stuff like that. And I think that part of it really is, in a way, in a sense, to actually build elite Asian power, Asian networks, Asian people in positions of actual power and influence. And to me, it's like, look. I just find it strange that y'all pivoted from like crimes on the street to my career advancement. But <laughs> on the other hand, you know, I, I think that it is sincere when they say like, you know, for a long time, like Asian people did not, we just avoided each other at work. And now we see this and we should use it as a way to work together and to unite and to stop avoiding each other and to start, taking our individual achievements and positions and putting them together so that we have an actual base of power in America. But that's a very top-down view of it, okay? But at least they are saying, like, Asian people need to, at in, especially in the elite levels, we need to make a, we need to make plays. We need to advance. And I respect that to a degree, whereas with this shit, it's more just like, I'm just going to kiss the butt of my white employee. <laughs> like, I'm just going to tell white white people i'm gonna give i'm just gonna be an exhibitionist about my psychology and say like i oh you know being asian is about being a urinal cake being asian is about hating yourself being asian is about not knowing whether when i look in the mirror am i actually a white person with jaundice skin you know it's like those people can fuck right off yeah they're not they're not interested in building any sort of asian american elite system of power they're just part of they're embedded into white people both those groups are they all have white partners anyway so what the fuck they're both they're both investing in their own causes but one of them is debasing themselves and basing asians in general to get to that point right whereas one is even one power they just you know like they're not looking for some greater project no no they're just just getting published and they're just getting you know they're getting on these talk shows and they're like oh they can put like i think jerry yang at least is like has some idea of like I mean, you say he's out of touch. Maybe with this shit, he's out of touch. But he's definitely in touch with Silicon Valley. He's definitely in touch with the business Asian American elites, sure, who come to him for money. He knows about that. And I think with an Ellen Powell or whatever, like, you know, say what you will about their politics, but I think they are real about saying let's 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 pool our considerable fucking resources, and you know. Instead of just sitting around spending money and 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 you know living yuppie lifestyles or whatever, let's do something with this. Let's pull it together. Let's try something. Cool, you know. Billionaire wants to go buy L.A. Times. Cool, do it. 
better than fucking sitting around writing for NBC Asian America talking about how, uh, oh, uh, you know, people on social media are doing dumb shit again on WeChat. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. At, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least they're trying. Yeah, I, th- I think what you're saying is at least they seem to be trying to help a relatively large pool of Asian American people. It's not obviously 100%. You can't like help everybody, but they do seem to have a wider pool of people they want to help than the other type of Asian Americans who seem to really be in it only for themselves or they're like very small group of like, um, you know, what, what they probably think are like bad Asians or like exceptional Asians that mm-hmm. are different well, from the I, norm. I, th- I think that they are, they do genuinely believe in that if there is an Asian American elite that has influence that they could protect you know, the rest of Asian America, right? right? Yeah. Like, so they believe that. Whether that's true or not, I have my doubts, obviously. But, and I think fundamentally their interests are not aligned, but they believe that. They really believe that. And they're doing that. So I can't question their intentions. You know, like, I, I really don't. I really feel like they're truly, they're, they're, they're really focused on what's happening to Asian people. They feel it. Sure. Whereas... And E. Tammy Kim, who is another one of these, uh, you know, journalists who purports to represent Asian Americans, but really is just projecting her own fucking personal uh, identity issues into everything she does, literally is like, is this the biggest issue? Is this the biggest deal right now? Uh, You know, I mean, I know this is rude to people who are suffering. This is like verbatim. I know this this is the first episode of uh, Time to Say Goodbye podcast. I, I know this is probably totally insensitive to the people who are suffering this, but, you know, is this the biggest deal? So they're obviously don't give a shit about this stuff. It's like back burner. It's like, you know, the shit that happens to an, you know, it's an old Asian person. It's kind of like, ooh, that sucks. But I know that the MR Asians are going to use this, you know, to harass me on Twitter or whatever. That's what they care about. I mean, fuck your Twitter. You know what? Just fucking lock your account. I don't know. Fucking just frick, fuck it. What does that have to do with what is your experience on Twitter or your experience or whatever on social media have shit all to do with old people getting bum rushed on the streets of San Francisco? What is the connection? That's what I want to know. What is the connection? There is none. <laughs> it's all about them, you know? So I don't know. At least with with with, with the with the Daniel Day Kims and stuff, they're at least focused on the event the 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 thing the thing that happened and doing whatever they think they can do to fix it yeah i mean even if one percent of that one billion dollars like 0.1 percent of that one billion dollars goes towards you know protecting seniors on the streets of chinatowns that's still a million bucks that's still way more like tangible uh, i don't know how much a million bucks can do these days. but it's like yeah that's true but it's also it can be all be undone by like the you know 999 uh, million that goes to spreading this bullshit that actually just harms them so oh look they put a billion up and this class of people they're gonna go and because they are sidelined in in white journalism they are, yeah, you're right. I think they're definitely going to go and try and claim as much of that as possible for themselves. And I hope that, you know, the Jerry Yangs and stuff, and, and you're right, this, Chris, maybe this is what you mean by they're, they're out of it. They are not going to understand that their shit is being co-opted by people like this. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, probably... That, that, really that I think is a real problem. You're saying they're going to they're gonna funnel money into the usual spots, but the usual spots are being kind of like puppet mastered by Kimmy Yams and so on. Yeah, they, they won't they won't un- be able to detect. 
Now, right. now Kimmy Yam may, may may be better than 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 she is at NBC if she were given just over to representing Asian stuff 100. But I I do think that there's a lot of problems with with the way she's framed a lot of this shit that she doesn't see the total fucking paradox of what she the self contradiction of what she's written and. I don't think you're right. I don't think that the people with the money, the Jerry Yangs or whatever, are anywhere close to being like knowledgeable enough about this. These class divisions, these, you know, like Philip, like the text, the, the, the fucking star chart of Asian Americans that you put together, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they don't know anything about that shit. So they'll just assume that some Asian American from you know northwestern or fucking i don't know some school of journalism is going to be really committed to their cause 18 million rising they sound good yeah yeah Yeah. exactly that's that's true and then you get to see that you're not going to get you're just going to get co-opted by people who don't have any real interest or care about Asian people and have a particularly anti-immigrant attitude, as was displayed by Professor Kolkarni and her whole "the problem is immigrants," you know. Right. So that's a good that's a good example where this actually like concretely gets bad, right? Like all they're kind of faffing on on social media, on these kind of news you know news talk shows and so on. It gets bad when their things manifest because they get funded by other places like Jerry Yang and so on, right? Um, it's not. It's not. I mean, just he's talk. probably a, he's this, this billion dollars is probably a sitting duck for these people. Yeah, the, they'll be on it like a, a bunch of like subway rats on a piece of fried chicken on the, yeah. on the rails. <laughs> no, and people like us, I, honestly, like we are boxed out. Even though, like, one, I don't really care about that. But two, you know, because we don't shit on the right people, because we don't. You know, because we will say shit like challenging stuff like Chinese for affirmative action or, you know, questioning whether BLM has or has not been co-opted, questioning whether Asian-American activists actually have the interests of Asian-Americans at heart. Mm -hmm. Like, you're done. You're toast. You can't question that shit. This is this is my fucking I'm like, these people are like, look, I gave up making money as a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And I've been on this whole thing about how, like, I'm not a good Asian American, I'm a bad Asian American, but shit, I need some money. I think a good chance to plug our Patreon, (laughs) which I I wanted to uh, bring up because we've hit an all-time high mark, so we're trending in the right direction, and you too can be a part of it if you subscribe to our uh, Patreon as a way to fight back against all this bullshit that we've been talking about. I think we had a really good uh, venting session. I hope you listeners really, uh, you know, that it, it, you like got like secondary relief on it. Uh, why don't we talk about some like happier things that may uh, that have happened uh, last week? You guys been watching those uh, Kwame Brown videos? I've been. Uh, I, I think I've been watching them every <laughs> Is that day. Happy? I, I have he, not. Kwame Brown's videos are what we just did. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> I I have I made like a tangential link to because I think I mean uh, like, I think one of the reasons why people relate to Kwame Brown so much is that he is speaking against essentially this elite media class that you see in, uh, in like the sports uh, media. And especially when they get black uh, retired players to essentially gossip about the ins and outs of the you locker like room. like Gilbert Arenas? Uh, yeah, wh- whether you're Gilbert Arenas or, or uh, Matt Barnes or, or that. And, and you got like all these like giggling uh, white 
guys, you know, like like really enjoying it. And I'll admit it, I love it too. You know, <laughs> it's, it's really entertaining, but it's like, you know, like if you're one of these places, especially like you learn about Kwame Brown's actual family history and be like, damn, like you had a really bad life and you're a real Yo, success true. story. Yeah. And they've yeah. been clowning on you for 20 years. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> wow, even what RT do, is like talking we, we about better Brown. make sure Crazy. not to say anything bad about him on this pod. What if he accidentally like finds out? I don't want to be roasted like every day. I I gotta imagine what it what it's like to be like Matt Barnes right now because remember when the um Podesta emails leaked and you heard, and afterwards you heard about like the Clinton camp every day they were so afraid of what would come out. If I were like Matt Barnes and and Stephen Jackson uh, and Stephen A. Smith, yeah, I'd be like every morning dreading like the latest. Kwame Brown you know, I got I gotta say, uh, and I was a I was um I was never really a Wizards fan, but I grew Nobody up in DC. Who's so, a Wizards fan? Well, I grew up in DC. None of us were, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, there were a couple good DC teams, and and it, honestly, it was very surreal to have MJ come to town and and play for the Wizards. But okay, so Kwame Brown, he's the number His one. Excellency, pick. His Excellency Kwame Brown. In yeah. case he's listening, so he's he's uh I believe he was kind of handpicked or 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 hand groomed by Michael Jordan, right? To be this sort of like, you know, next great thing. And he's a high schooler. He's a high schooler, kind of like Kevin Garnett, right? He's coming back then you could go from high school straight to the NBA without doing an, a year in D league or in college or whatever. Okay. So he comes out and he doesn't really live up to the hype. And he immediately is targeted by the media as you know, one of these spoiled high school kids that doesn't value education and just wants the money, but doesn't really want to put in the work. Right. And so everyone's just like shitting on this guy and he's trying his best. Look, frankly, he's just not that great a basketball player. Okay. He's got the body for it, but he just doesn't, you know, he just, but you know, he played like 10 to quite 12 a few, years. Like, did he yeah, play like he nine like seasons or some shit? Average, maybe slightly above or below. Yeah. Like perfectly serviceable He played nine player, seasons yeah. or something. Right. You know, and he was a good, like, you know, he was good off the bench. I don't think he was much of a starter, but he was, a, he, he could give you some minutes. And he put in the work. But, you know, I got to say, I really admire this guy because it's like, he to me is the kind of person who so easily could have gotten it into his head that he was a failure because he didn't live up to the promise. And his whole mentality would have been that Stephen A. Smith sort of like, you know, be the best because you're number one or get the fuck out because you're just wasting someone else's spot and you're a waste of space and, you know, professionals don't cry and all this shit. And he finally is like, the reason I like him is because he's in his rants. He finally comes around to being like, yeah, I'm not that. I wasn't that great a player. I don't give a shit. I needed to make money to take care of my family. So that contract was good. I took that contract and I don't really give a shit about professional basketball they needed me to do this. I came in and did it, you know, gave them, gave them scrap minutes. And now I got enough money to take care of my family. And now I don't have to listen to your shit. And I like that attitude because they he, ultimately he didn't let them get into his head. And so I really like those rants because he didn't let the NBA fuck his head up. You know, I don't know if it's his official YouTube uh, channel, but the ones I watch it on is called Kwame Brown Bust Life. <laughs> <laughs> but Kwame Brown what? Bust Life. Oh, so he, he just owning uh, that that label. And being yeah, like, he's owning it. I really like that about that. You know, like he do, he no longer feels sensitive or vulnerable to this shaming 
because they've been doing it to him since he was a kid. And finally he realized like, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> they shouldn't have been doing that to me. And ever since that, I think he's won a lot of converts. I, I, I saw. Um, no, everyone uh, loves him, though. He's everyone's yeah. favorite. I, granted, he, he has some like weird views on on other things like um, like 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 Breonna Taylor and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I, I listen to okay. some of that. It's like, OK, that's a little fucked up. But. Well, when he talks about basketball, he knows what he's talking about. When he talks about media and basketball, so if you just uh, limit yourself to that, uh, he's very sharp. On, on and and I think it's it, not not. I mean, he right or wrong. I think the key is that he didn't he didn't he doesn't let these Stephen A. Smith types or get into his head that you know you're just a bum. You know what's his name? Jalen Rose was talking about this with and kind of pushing Stephen A. Smith on this on ESPN, saying like, you know, I can understand calling someone a bust, like they didn't work out as the number one. They didn't live up to the expectations of a number one, but it's another thing to call him a bum. You know, like that's what you were doing basically. And I think the Stephen A. Smith, that whole, like, you know, professionals, you know, we're all professionals and this is like a doggy dog. This is like the big, this, this is big time. You know, every fucking shitty boss says this about your shitty job. This is the big time. This is professional. This is what professionals do, you know? And then, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. Kwame Brown comes out of this looking like, you know, like he's got he's he's a decent he's got decency. You know, like I like I like him. As as I tweeted, uh, he's an inspiration to us all. If he can bounce back <laughs> in twenty twenty one, so can we all. So yeah. I think I think uh, we should take some some joy in that. Um, well done, Kwame. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's close off. I, I know we, we talked about this in, in the, in the, you know, discarded thing. Um, but I, I, I do think I want to acknowledge that it, it, this last week, uh, it's been a pretty good week for, for Asian musicians. BTS came out with butter. Um, Olivia Rodrigo's new album dropped and, uh, the Linda Lindas, uh, from that God awful movie Moxie had that viral clip of them. Uh, that's all great. I do want to talk about Olivia Rodrigo though. Cause I, I find the, the uh, dialogue around her and whether because she's half Filipina on her uh, her father's Filipino and when, when I looked uh, her up on Twitter and what people were saying they were like all these people were in such denial that oh she's clearly uh, a woman of color and I look at her and, and Liza you know who is a Filipina like told me I didn't I didn't realize she was Filipina I thought she was maybe Latina and um, I, I think it really scrambles the the whole like Hapa discussion because. Like usually the, the Hapa like so-called controversy always centers on Hapa men, you know, whether they're, you know, America is trying to, uh, you know, hold its nose and like, okay, we got to let in one of these uh, Asian uggos uh, onto a stage. Let's just pick one of these Hapa guys who can at least somewhat pass for white. But this is a woman and she is fairly white passing. I would say she kind of looks like a very European, like Latina, like she could pass for Spanish uh like spaniard uh you know uh so uh, you know for her to now be set to be like the face of say like asian american women i think i think is it's very say, unfair is that what they're saying they're saying well, that well it's like well how how far do you want to push because i see people on twitter being like no she's asian she's one of us and all that and be like really if let, let's say she got like cast as like a full asian woman in or a girl in, in some movie uh would you be okay with that uh maybe the first time they'd be like okay that's okay but like the fifth time it happened would you really be okay with that i doubt it and you shouldn't be because it's like uh you know we, we all have our insecurities about that, that are imposed upon us you know whether our, about our eyes nose face shape and all that and, and to see this very white looking girl and not to hate on her i listen to her album i like it uh you know she's a beautiful girl i hope she she does well and everything but you know th- this whole like white passing thing is it's, it's just weird um why people can't be honest that this is not what a typical Filipino looks like. And 
she kind of, I guess, looks like the Miss Philippines contestant. But those people are are notoriously very mixed and very white passing. Yeah. Anyway, so very pale. Yeah. You know, after Crazy Rich Asians, I realized that this this like Hapa identification project that everyone does is completely subjective and like. It doesn't matter if you're Asian or white or whatever. You're going to see someone like Henry Goding or whatever, Olivia Rodrigo as one or the other. It's it's almost random. Like, I haven't found a pattern well, at Henry all. Henry so, is way more Asian than Olivia but, Rodrigo. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is you're saying that, but some others have say would say that he's very white passing. Right, but if so, he's white passing, then Olivia Rodrigo's uh, like a fucking Viking. It, sure, it's just like what I'm getting at is that, like, I think this is subjective. I think it's like, it's going to depend on who's looking at her. <laughs> I don't know. I think Henry Golding's pretty white looking, if you ask me. Really? I mean, yeah, I, see, I, I don't go. think he Thank looks you, East Asian. And, and, and Nick Young in the book is supposed to be like Chinese Singaporean. Chinese, I think yeah. he looks mm-hmm. like, you know, Southeast Asian, kind of like Filipino, maybe like Indonesian. But, you know, I would, if his name was like Henry Ng, I would not have guessed it any otherwise. Whereas if I saw, if, if Olivia uh, Rodrigo was like Olivia um, Smith, I would not have guessed any Asian in her. She kind of looks I mean, like, I think, sure. like, Rachel Bilson, kind of like a, like a dark brunette, you know, dark hair, dark eyes kind of thing. Anyway. I think it's up to Asian people whether to accept it or not, right? I mean, it's like... But I think a lot of Asian I, people are in denial, especially like the ones who are so invested in this media thing because they really want to see her win. And that's another it's thing. Like the, it's like the racial draft, though, you know, like, um, right. you know, where where like the Asians like drafted uh, Wu-Tang Clan. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> I, think, I think it's like... Yeah, there's this issue of like, is she too white to really represent us? But there's also the like, well, it's nice to have one on our team. Like, yeah. you know, like when Keanu came out and was like, yo, uh, I'm Asian. And everyone was like, yay. I don't think it was because they were like, oh, yeah, he lo- he totally looks Asian. And he should have been saying this all along. I mean, he doesn't. Um, I think it was more just like, hey, look, he's a superstar. And he's not, you know, he's not in denial or trying to yeah, hide he, the fact that he's part Asian. He's actually proud of that. Yeah, he's identifying with us, right? He, he called yeah. out that his grandpa was Chinese and he loved that about his, you know, his grown yes. up. So, yeah. Know. And I think that that was a very nice thing to see, I guess. Like, it's better than, uh, you know, like, <laughs> though I'm not sure. Oh, well, I, I think they, I think some of his bandmates said that he did this. But when Van Halen, uh, you know, when was everyone was like, point. holy shit, yeah. he's part Asian. And... I think like Sammy Hagar or who, wh- whoever is still alive was like, yeah, like he had a real problem with racism his whole life. So he like hit it a lot. Mm. And okay. I mean, I'd rather them say it than, you know, not say it and then they're dead. And then, you know, it comes out yeah. after you're dead. You know what I mean? But see, yeah. here's, a, here's another issue I have. I think a lot of uh, Asian American women who would have a problem with this. And, you know, I've talked to enough of my like Asian American female friends and stuff who do you know, I, I remember one friend uh, telling me that she didn't like terrorist house because there were like too many. Uh, it felt like they were promoting uh, like Hapa people, hmm. uh, you know, about full full Japanese people. Uh, I even met somebody who didn't really like Crazy Rich Asians because she had a problem with the, uh, you know, Araminta, who's like the 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 woman who's getting married in, in Crazy Rich Asians, played by Sonia Mizuno, who is mixed race. I think there are a lot of Asian Americans who feel that way, and I can totally understand where they're coming from. But I don't think these women get a voice because all you see are the kind of like the blue check class who are who have I think gone so far into the you know all oh, Hapas are Asians too because you know, among Asian Americans most of the parents of Hapa children are Asian American women, so they've I, th- I think they've associated like like Hapas with Asian women with white men. But then uh, we have this you know somewhat rare instance in which uh, the genders are flipped, in which th- this is a kind of like a white passing uh, 
a Filipino American woman with an Asian father, but since they've gone so far in in one in that direction, they can't like suddenly backpedal. But I bet if this continually happened, they would probably be getting second thoughts, as they should. I think I think it is an affront to you when when like a whiter version of you is set to be like the face of your group. Like fuck that, you know. So. But anyway, as I said, yeah, uh, it, I agree with that. It, yeah. it, it there's, is, there's a lot of opportunism, opportunism creeping into like what's her name, the one who dated uh, the Jake Paul, no, Chloe, uh, uh, Paul. Uh, Chloe Wang. I, I refuse yeah, to like call her, her whole, Chloe. Bennett. Her whole stupid fucking dumbass, like fucking, uh, like the whole just tale about like just the, the the whole like story and how like there's just like endless fucking interviews about this story of hers and being ashamed, but then not ashamed and ashamed again, then not ashamed of the last name or whatever. And it's like, it just reeks of opportunism. Yeah. It's like, I don't think you really struggled with it. Why do you date Logan Paul? If you struggle yeah, with anti, like, you know what I mean? You, like you look like 99% white. You, you date like yeah, the likes of Logan Paul. You, you know, like go enjoy your white life. You know, like we have no problem with that. Just like, stop trying to cash yeah. in on this, uh, like this whole like social justice thing. Yeah. You know, let like an actual, like, person like yeah, it's almost like she, it's almost like she realized that we're, we're at a point now where being asian is going to get you more jobs right so she's decided exactly. to stop being white or, or right being like well how many inter- <laughs> how many fucking interviews did she get about that last name of hers yeah all you know and how she had to hide it and all this stuff and i'm like you know and it, it just it, it's like what do you like uh is this like a thing where like you know you were jewish and had to hide, hide being jewish from the nazis or something no it's not <laughs> You know, like it's not that's not what it is. This is but it, but it kind of has that flavor. And I think that gave her a lot of exposure. She got so many interviews for this dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know why anybody cared at all. I think it was really fucked up that someone who looks like her uh, is the face of like, oh, I was like hated on because I was Asian. Nobody Come thought on. you were. Asian. No, I mean, who Give knows me what she looked like? Break. Who knows what she looked like? Uh when she was younger, maybe it's like a lot of makeup. I don't know, but like one look at her and she looks totally white. Um, okay, like being ashamed of your last name being Wang because you're like mean white girlfriends would make fun of you is a different thing. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't care about that shit. This is this is this is retarded. Yeah, this is st- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as I said, um, all all the luck to her. Uh, I hope um she does well. I like her music. I I've actually just started a new summer playlist this past weekend um, really felt like the start of summer. I was out and about, uh, you know, it, it's hot. I got to wear shorts now. Nice. And um, yeah, I, I do. It does feel like hopefully like the summer that, that, that we didn't have uh, last year. So yeah, I was out in the city today. It was real nice. And yeah. uh, I, I, I've just had enough of this shit. Like all the stuff that we've been talking about for the last year, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, fuck all of that shit. It's like, just fuck it. Just, yeah. Move on, like. Yeah. Let's have a low IQ summer where we just yeah. Just have- <laughs> just, fuck, just fuck all this shit. Fuck all these people. You don't want white boy summer, like what? Like what's his uh, face wanted? A low Chat. IQ summer. That's what I had. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. That was fun, guys. All right. Yeah, that was fun. Um, we will catch you next time we're on. Okay. So thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. See ya. Oh, <laughs>